Welcome to the Lighting Your Way podcast. I'm your host, Guardian Nurses founder, Betty Long. During season three, we'll be delving in deeper to the amazing lives and stories of nurses and other healthcare professionals from around the country. We'll also be talking with a few of my nurse advocate colleagues at Guardian Nurses. You'll get a behind the scenes peek at the healthcare system, as well as get advice on how to get the best care when you or a loved one is a patient. We continue our Legends of Nursing series. In this episode, we talk with retired Navy Captain Ginny Beeson, President and CEO of Ginny Beeson and Associates. Ginny had a wonderful career in the Navy as a nurse and as a nursing leader. Her path to the Navy will make you laugh out loud, and her comment about what she learned about leadership in the Navy may alone be worth the listen. Hope you enjoy. Welcome, Ginny Beeson, to the Lighting Your Way podcast. Uh, I am tickled uh, to be talking with you, and I look forward to our conversation. Me as well. I'm always, it's always fun to talk to you, Betty, on yeah. any topic. <laughs> uh, right. Well, this, uh, unlike um, many of our other episodes where we talk about cases and have nurses on the Guardian Nurses team, this is really going to be about all about you uh, and your nursing career. Uh, because uh, part of our May celebration of Nurses Month is to talk with who I'm calling the Legends of Nursing. So congratulations for that esteemed honor. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's funny to be called a legend, you know, like you feel like I'm getting reminded these days of my age. <laughs> <laughs> well, you please trust me, you have more energy than a lot of my friends. So don't uh, don't discount your uh, energy or your age. Um, okay. So Ginny, tell me about like where you grew up. Like, tell me about the early days. Um, where were you born? Like, what did your parents do? Set a stage for me. I was born in Northern New Jersey in a tiny town called Sussex in Sussex County, which is way up in the uh, very tip of New Jersey, about 10 minutes from the Pennsylvania line and 10 minutes from the New York line. Okay. I'm um, the third of four, um, the third girl of four kids. The fourth was a boy to my parents' delight. And um, <laughs> my mom um, was a stay-at-home mom, which I attribute a lot of my success to. And my dad was a an engineer with Standard Oil of California and traveled a lot. So um, my mom uh, raised all of us essentially alone as a single mom before that term ever became a popular term. Um, My dad left on Monday morning. He came back on on Friday evening. And um, my mom raised four kids under the age of six. There were four of us under the age of six. I I think back on that. Yeah, it's amazing. She recently wrote her biography before she passed away. And the, there's a thing called her Your Significant Achievement. And she said, raising four great kids. Uh, so <laughs> that, was, sure. that was her job. And um, my dad, as I said, was an engineer and, and traveled a lot. On the weekend, though, it's funny. I, I We didn't get this until we were older. But on the weekend, my mom would like give us to my dad and she would be gone. My dad would take us out hiking and on walks. And we said, how come mom never comes? I'm sure it was because, I'm sure it was, because she was ready for a break after all week of being right. with us. Right. Well, did your father ever admit it or did he just kind of blow it off? Like, oh, oh he, he was very, very, you know, he knew that she did the lion's share of the work. And um, he was, you know, he was fun. I mean, but, you know, 
We always just say dad was fun and mom was the disciplinarian. <laughs> <laughs> I said when I joined, the, when I retired from the Navy, I, I dedicated my whole retirement ceremony and my career to my mom and dad. I said my mom was my first and my best commanding officer. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> So, yeah, and traveling back then, like as an engineer, I mean, that that was a long, that's kind of an arduous, it was not easy to be traveling or even yeah. today, but but back then it probably was harder. It was challenging. Yeah. So. Wow. Okay. So, so mom was not a nurse because a lot of our uh, colleagues and the women that I've interviewed have had nurses in the family. Did, did you have anybody in the family that was a nurse? My grandmother was a nurse, but I never uh, talked to her about nursing. She was she had a stroke when um, I was maybe in like third grade. So I she was not an influence in terms of nursing. Mm -hmm. You know, this is always an in interesting question for me. Um, you know, my inspiration in terms of becoming a nurse. I wanted I've wanted to be a nurse my whole life. I don't ever remember not wanting to be a nurse. And so I oftentimes say that, you know, I know that uh, God intended me for to be a nurse. I just know that because okay. from as early as I can remember, I um, my favorite book as a young girl was Nurse Nancy. It was a uh -huh. golden book and it had little yes. bandages in it and <laughs> adhesive tape. And my mom used to put on one of my dad's business, white business shirts. I would put it on backwards to make a little white dress. And then she would put a little doily on my head and I ministered to whoever would pay attention to me, which was usually our family pets. <laughs> <laughs> wow, good for you. That's an interesting outfit. Uh, did I, you know, a doily and and a backward shirt for your dad? Yeah, my dad. You know, my dad was a big man. He was six four, so I put on one of his white shirts backwards, and that was my first nurse's uniform. <laughs> so, were any of your sisters? Uh, did they go into nursing? No, uh, not my, one of my sisters is a um, interior designer, and the other is uh, well, they're retired now. And my other sister was a social social worker for the state of New Jersey. Okay. Um, so no, I was the only medical person wow. in my family. Wow, that's interesting. I, in fact, uh, Marcia Davidson, who I had talked with uh, a few weeks back, she was the inspiration for me to become a nurse, and she gave me her uh, Nurse Nancy book. I oh, have that. Did. Yeah, I have that in my office uh, as a, as a reminder. And then another friend gave me uh, a Cherry Ames book, so I have uh, a, a collection I read of old... all the Cherry Ames books when I was growing up. I mean, I wanted to be a nurse forever. <laughs> okay, well that I that's uh, interesting. And and you know, even back then there wasn't. I mean, there probably wasn't uh, characters on TV. Right. It was mostly no. medical shows um, and, and books. So that good for you. So so tell me a little bit. So you always wanted to be a nurse. So you finished high school. And are you looking at at colleges to go for nursing? Yes, I, okay. I, I figured my dad said early on, you know, you should probably get a degree in nursing, you know, nursing schools in the 70s, in the late 60s and early 70s were still very prominent. Um, but my dad said, you know, a, a college education would be a good thing. So I was looking at BSN programs and um, I wanted to go. My my two older sisters both went to all girls schools. And one of the things that they said to me, they said, whatever you do, don't go to an all girls school. <laughs> go to a co -ed. So my only criteria 
for schools where I wanted to go to a co-ed program and or school rather, and I wanted to go far away from home, far enough away from home that I would not come home on the weekend, but not uh-huh. so far that I couldn't get home, you know, for holidays and important events. So, wow. Um, yeah, so that's how, looked, you, that's how you ended up at University of Vermont. Yeah, I looked at several schools in New England, UMass, URI, UNH, um, and uh, the campus. When I went to the University of Vermont, the camp, it was a gorgeous day. The campus at UVM is beautiful. And when I got there, I said, this is it. This is where I want to go. Okay, great. Yeah, and to to your point, a couple of the, of the gang, like be getting a BSN, you're kind of ahead of your time, or your dad was ahead of your, his time in terms right. of telling you that, because uh, right. a lot of a lot of the early nurses just got diploma um, degrees. Um, all right, so so you you went to University of Vermont, you get your BSN, and then what happens? Well, this is an interesting story. Um, when I was in high school. My dad also knew that the military had scholarship programs for nurses. And so he said, I think you should look into a Navy scholarship program. So I did. I went to talk to my guidance counselor and um, he said they do have scholarship programs and they will pay for your college education, your tuition, and you have to pay back three years. Now, when I think about that now, I think, wow, what a deal. But I was 17 and I thought four years in college and a three-year payback. I was not wild about joining the military. And so I thought, you know, this is, you know, seven years. I won't be able to start my life till I'm seven years, you know, till I'm 24 years old. <laughs> so I went home and I said to my dad, I said, Dad, here's the deal. I'm going to have to do a three-year payback, which is going to make it impossible for me to start my nursing career really until I'm 24. And that seemed like ancient to me. So my dad, who was just such a great guy said, okay, well, maybe it's not for you. So I went off to the University of Vermont and to my nursing program. And in my sophomore year, the Navy recruiter came on campus and gave a little presentation and said, join the Navy and you'll never have another financial worry. We'll not only pay for your room, we'll, I mean, your uh, tuition, we'll pay for room and board and books. And I thought, wow. And so at the time, my dad, my sister was at the University of Arizona. My brother was at Lehigh University in Pennsylvania. I was in Vermont, as you know, and um, my, as I said, we're from New Jersey. And I knew that it was a struggle financially for my dad, although he never complained. Uh, but I didn't want to join the Navy. I joined, I did and put my application in because I thought it would I wanted to show my dad that I was empathetic to his financial challenges. Okay. Okay. So I filled out the application very haphazardly. I had to write an (laughs) essay on leadership when I was 19. I did not like the idea of an essay on leadership, but I I hated my European Civ class. So I wrote the essay (laughs) during my European Civ class. (laughs) I turned it in. I had to go for an interview in Albany, New York. It did not the interview did not go well. I didn't care because I didn't want to join the Navy anyway. Oh. And um, and so I went back after the interview. I went back to the University of Vermont. It, my interview was in February. In May, in a Friday afternoon nursing theory class, our class was interrupted by a very excited professor that comes bouncing through the door saying, excuse me for interrupting class, but we have a very exciting announcement. Ginny uh-oh, Beeson uh-oh. has just been accepted into the United States Navy <laughs> Nurse Corps. And I, I was like, oh no. And 
<laughs> I, I even on the way back from Albany to, to um, Burlington, I was on a Greyhound bus. I'd never been on a bus in my life. So that was another traumatic experience of the interview. But on the way back, I prayed because I thought, I don't want to do this. And so I prayed, please don't let them take me. This is not what I want to do. <laughs> and what I said in that prayer was, I want to I want to practice nursing with nurses that love nursing as much as I do. I want to practice in the best hospitals in the in the world, in the country. I want to travel. I want to meet people. I want to have an exciting career. And so when the announcement was made in my class, I was like, oh, no, this is terrible. And all my classmates. <laughs> As they were clapping, were looking at me thinking, you applied to the, I told no one. I told oh, no one that I applied. Oh. So everybody was looking at me like, when did you do this? Okay. If you remember, this was in 1971. Vietnam was very, very heated uh -huh. at the time. Vietnam, as oh. you know, didn't end until 75. And so the military was extremely unpopular. Oh. So that's how I got into the Navy. And um, <laughs> so as my mom used to say, you know, you made your bed. Now you need to lie in it. I thought, you know, I this I, I got myself into this. So I'll go in, I'll spend three years and then I'll be done because this is oh. not what I want to do. So so two things. One, you say you tanked the interview. Like, was that purposeful or did you just, you know, you weren't I really motivated? The interview. Interesting. This is another funny thing that happened. Do you remember the hotel rooms that used to have the glass partition above the door that you could like open and shut for ventilation? Yes. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. Well, I was in a motel room and it, I was in the same motel where they put a bunch of recruits that were on their way to boot camp the next day. And oh. as many young men before they go to boot camp and relinquish their freedom, they were out drinking and they were noisy and loud and <laughs> obnoxious. And they sent airplanes through. They made airplanes with these sayings, you know, come on out for a good time, you know, and they flew them through my window. Oh, and so I didn't yeah. get any sleep. So oh, when I God. went for my interview and they said, you know, what do you think you will, you know, contribute to the Navy? I said. I'm hope I hope I'm going to be a great nurse. I'll you know participate for three years and then you know I'm out of here. And uh, I was terse. I was you know I I didn't you know I didn't act like I was excited at all or wanted right. to be accepted. As a matter of fact, one of the interviewers came out afterwards and he said, "You seem upset." He said, "What you know what's going on?" And I said, "Well, first uh -huh. of all, I didn't get any sleep last night because of the recruits getting ready to go to boot camp and we're." carousing and having a great time. Right. And I said, secondarily, this is not really what I, I mean, I would like the scholarship and I'll go along with what goes with it, but this is not my dream. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing that they took me. Right. I was going to say, they're like, oh no, you're coming. <laughs> We're going to pick yeah. you. It was, it was interesting. It was meant to be. It was, it was meant to be. Well, when I think about your prayer, like all the things you were asking for, right? That nurses who love nursing, you know, great hospitals, yeah. travel, like that sounds like the Navy, right? Like going to. As a matter of fact, Betty, it's funny you should say that in my retirement, um, in my retirement, when you retire from the Navy, it's like a big deal. There's a, you know, there's speeches, there's side boys. It's like a wedding. There's flowers. There's a band. Uh, you okay. walk down the aisle. <laughs> and um, in my retirement um speech, I said, I know that God heard that prayer on the bus because <laughs> as is often the case with prayer, I didn't get anything I asked for and everything I prayed for. I practiced <laughs> with people that loved it as much as I did in a great, great organization. I traveled, I saw the world, I met great people. It was a yeah. fabulous career.
Yeah, right. That's what I mean. Like it's like, whoops, careful what you careful what you pray for, right? Careful what you <laughs> right. Um, so so you came out of UVM and uh did you go right into to the Navy? Because that was the, the yes. way to do it. Like, so that was your first nursing job. Yes, you have to go to officer indoctrination school, which is like boot camp, um, which is another which is another funny story, another thing that made me believe I had made the wrong decision. You learn how to march, like what does it have to do with nursing? Uh, you learn how to wear your uniform, which we didn't wear our military uniform. We wore a nurse's uniform. Uh, okay. You learned all the military protocol. And um, I didn't really get what it had to do with nursing. And um, so <laughs> boot camp was an interesting experience. That was eight weeks. And then I reported to my first hospital, which was in New London, Connecticut, on the submarine base. Oh, okay. Okay. And, and, and I help me understand. So you're in the Navy and you are getting paid, right? So what does a nurse yeah. in the Navy at that, in those eight, you know, the age of nine, what, 1972, 71? 1973. I joined oh, in 71 when I was a sophomore in college and then they paid for my last two years and then it's still a three-year payback. So I, I headed to New London, Connecticut in August of seventy. Three. I graduated okay. in May. I went to boot camp for two months, and then I went to New London. And, you know, it's interesting you should ask about pay. I looked up the military pay chart for 1973, and it's, what I calculated was I made about $10,000, and I thought, that can't be right. Why? But Why? Well, I went, I then I went online, average nursing salary in 1970 was about yeah, uh, seven thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I I just couldn't believe that. But you know, right. my our our salary as a young nurse, it, my starting salary was nine thousand six hundred dollars. Wow! Wow! <laughs> God. <laughs> now plus, and you had to live on base at that point. No, you didn't. Oh, you okay. had to live on base initially. Um, they okay. wanted you to, I think, live on base just to get used to the. Um, you know, the, some of the military protocols and such. But you, once you had spent this, and I think it was like maybe six months um, in a BOQ, which is a bachelor's officer's quarters, then you could move out on the economy is what we say. And so okay. once I spent my six months in the BOQ, um, two nurses and I moved out and um, rented a house um, in Mystic, Connecticut. Okay. Um, so, so you were you know, you think you're doing three years and then you're going to get out, but it right. turns out you didn't do that because you spent your career right. in the Navy. Right. Right. So, As, yeah. So what was that like? I mean, that you had a lot of roles, right? Obviously you were a staff nurse uh, at the hospital. What, tell me, tell me about your different roles. Right. Well, what happened in, in New London, I said in New London, you know, three years and I'm out of here, you know, this is not what I want to do. And then at the end of the three years, you know, I thought, you know, I, I, you can't say I was from New Jersey, as I said, you can't say I joined the Navy and I went to Connecticut. So I thought <laughs> I have to do someplace else. I have to have another tour. So I decided to go. My second tour was in Pensacola. And then when I was getting ready to get out from Pensacola, um, all my friends said, you have to go overseas. Like overseas is what's the most fun. You have to go overseas. So I went from Pensacola to Iceland. Oh, and then wow. in Iceland, uh, which was very fun, um, you can't look for a job uh, 
from overseas. So I, I thought I'll, I'll go back to, you know, I'll go back to Charleston. I went to Charleston next and you have to stay one year before you can get out. You have to, once you return from overseas or take a new set of orders, you have to stay at least one year before getting out. So at one year I went and I started doing interviews uh, actually in Boston. That's where I wanted to go. And I was at, I was at Mass General talking to the recruiter and she said, uh, why, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I'm, I'm in, I want to have a job here. And she said, no, you don't. She said, when you talk about the Navy, your face lights up. You talk about how much you love it. You, know, she said, you, you don't want to get out of the Navy. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I don't want to get out of the Navy. So, so that's how so it became. So much for a recruiter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was a great recruiter because she could right. see that it wasn't right, right for me. But anyway, um, in those wow. jobs, those first jobs were staff. My first job in Connecticut was a staff nurse. When I got to Pensacola, I got I was given a nurse manager job. And then from then on, I was in middle management for several years as a nurse manager. And then I moved into the, I did the standard, you know, uh, promotional path for a nurse right. went from um, staff nurse to nurse manager to director to chief nurse so okay. um, my my nursing career was pretty standard in terms of the career path for nurses that Gross. love nursing and want to stay in tell, tell me about the the role in Iceland first of all I didn't even know we had a base in Iceland nor a hospital a navy base like what was that like well, there was, there's not a base there now. There was, I was there in 1980. And if you remember in 1980, we were still involved very much in the Cold War. And there is a mm. small strait of water between, um, ice, between Iceland and Europe, England primarily. And, um, the, the base monitored activity at sea in that little strait because there would be Russian oh. submarines and Russian planes that would be able to access the United States through that small oh. area. Wow. And so if there was Russian activity in the area in terms of either a submarine um, or an airplane, there was very few ships, then what they would do is scramble the pilots who would then, you know, launch and um, monitor, you know, escort the plane or the submarine out of the area, of course, notify oh. the um, United States that there was activity. So it's, it's pretty much a Cold War operation oh. that's now closed. Um, but so there needed to be a medical facility to support. It was uh, mostly Air Force, interestingly enough, 60 percent okay. Air Force and 40 percent Navy. But the military, um, the medical facility was Navy. So okay. it was a small hospital. We did not we, we mostly did outpatient because in order to go to Iceland, you had to screen medically and you had to have zero medical problems. So we delivered babies. We took care of a lot of sprains and fractures from ice and snow um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, did a lot of, you know, uh, viral diseases and, you know, things like that. It was, you know, it was actually my easiest job because everybody was healthy. Right. And, okay. um, and how long did you stay in Iceland? I was there for um, 18 months. Um, it was a short, shortened overseas tour because it was called a hardship tour. But I'll tell you what, I loved Iceland. It's a beautiful country. It has beautiful people. And um, I loved it there. It was, um, it was very fun. That recruiting joke for Iceland is come to Iceland. There's a girl behind every tree. 
There are no trees in Iceland at all. There are very few women on the base. So as a young 29-year-old, I it was like, it's very, very fun. <laughs> on the base, mostly guys. It was very, very fun. But the Icelandic people are just the most warmest, most generous, most um, hospitable people. I met a lot of people as we traveled around the island and saw fabulous sights and waterfalls and geysers. And it's just a beautiful country. Have you been back since you were there? Yes, I did go back. Um, I went back two years, at, well, right before the pandemic, thankfully. And um, mm. it's changed a lot, like everything. Uh, but it's still beautiful. And the northern lights are like nothing you have ever seen before. Here we see northern lights that are yellow and green and some purple. Up there you see purple, red, orange, scarlet. Oh, it's wow. It's fabulous. It was a, it was a wonderful tour. That's great. That's great. so so. You mentioned that your your path, your career path, took the kind of the normal you know nurse manager director, and then you became chief nurse executive, right? So that. But what I know about your career is that there were oftentimes because of I guess assignments or or what would you call, I guess, assignments, right? Duties mm -hmm. or whatever, that you are in these roles maybe three years. Um, you know, you don't see that a lot in chief nurse executive roles in lay, in, you know, in lay hospitals, right? Non-military hospitals. Did, did that, how did that impact your, uh, I, I want to say effectiveness or, you know, okay, here's, here's, you know, Captain Beeson, she's our new chief nurse executive, you know, and she'll be here right. for three years. Could you have extended that? Or was that mostly military? Like, okay, you you're here for can, three years. You can extend. Uh, if you love a place, you can extend for one year. I loved Connecticut, so I, I stayed there actually four years, okay. um, trying to decide whether I was going to stay in the Navy or not. So you can extend, but it's it's not normal to extend. And a couple of my tours that were unusual, one of my tour, I was an assignment officer uh, called a detailer. And one of the, I was in at the Bureau of Personnel. So I was outside the hospital and I assigned Navy nurses around the country and around the world. That was one unusual assignment. And then another assignment that I had was out of the hospital was at the Navy School of Health Sciences, where I was teaching in the Navy Medical Department's leadership department, which was very, very fun, and how I got into my love of public speaking and training that I used when I retired. Okay. But when you go from hospital to hospital, um, it is unusual to be able to extend because the normal routine for military people in, in the medical department is to just keep um, moving around. And okay. the challenge for that is, of course, getting used to a new hospital and a new right. set of friends. But the, but what makes the military unique, and I think the civilian world could learn from this. You know, we talk about in the civilian world the healthcare system. We don't have a system in healthcare in the United States. Right. We have several siloed organizations that work basically the same, but with drastically different policies and procedures. And in the military, it is a system. So when I went from Connecticut to Pensacola, the same paperwork, the same computers, okay. the same uh, rules and regulations, the same hierarchy, the same HR, everything okay. is the same. So although you have to get used to a new location, oh. Okay. You don't have to get used to a new system. The system is exactly the same. 
Okay. And, I get um, it. Yep. And that makes it a lot easier to move from place to place to place. Hmm. Um, okay. the, the challenge is you have to get there, establish your reputation, and then, you know, um, you know, work and make a difference. And then just when you feel like you're getting the hang of things and, you know, making some real changes, you move. Right. And, do you get, you know, do you, go ahead. That has both good and bad. There's good and bad about that, but, um, it certainly does make for an exciting career. Do, do you get to pick, and I, I'm sorry if I'm naive about this, but do you get to pick, so you know that the, maybe the time's coming up, can you select where you want to go next? Is it based on openings or do they just assign you where they need you? Well, um, th- and that is what the assignment officer does. That's what my oh. job was. And and that's a, that's a really good question. You get to, you put in a, what you call your dream sheet and on your dream okay. sheet is what you want to do. You get three choices. and um, the Navy tries to match you with what you want to do because we want people to stay. We want you right. to stay in the Navy, particularly if you're a good officer. Uh, but the bottom line is you're going to go where the, where the Navy wants you to go. Okay. Um, so the the triad of detailing when I was an assignment officer, it's needs of the Navy first. And then the second criteria is what is best for your career. And then the third criteria is what do you want to do? Because oftentimes what <laughs> persons would want to do wasn't what's best for their career. Right. So they were very interested in um, in grooming you to be a, g- a good naval officer and to contribute into the future. So those were the that's called the triad of detailing. So I do believe in having been an assignment officer, you do want to make people happy because you want them to stay. But right. the bottom line is if there are nurses that are needed in Diego Garcia. Uh, and you have the right rotation date and you meet the qualifications, you're going to go. Okay. But the bottom line is, and in most cases, we tried to, to meet what people wanted. As a matter of fact, when I became a detailer, once I left and I would run into people and they said, oh, you were my detailer. My first question was like, were you happy with what I did? (laughs) Did I treat you well? (laughs) Because sometimes everybody, of course, wanted to go to Hawaii, London. Right. Uh, right. Nobody wanted to go to Great Lakes, which is north of Chicago and freezing cold. Um, Nobody wanted to go to Diego Garcia or to Guam. Nobody wanted to go to Iceland, interestingly enough. And it was a fabulous place to to be stationed. So um, it's the needs of the Navy are always the bottom line. Always. Okay. Okay. Um, so Jenny, you and I've had a lot of conversations on leadership and, uh, that's in fact how we met when many years ago, when you came to talk, uh, to a Saponal conference, uh, Southeastern Pennsylvania organization of nurse leaders, uh, on leadership. And so I know we've had many energized and, and fun conversations about that, but in the Navy, what did you learn about leadership? In the Navy, I learned early on that nursing is a leadership job. It's a leadership job. And they stress that in boot camp, in officer indoctrination school, they tell you right off the bat that you are a leader. And as a matter of fact, what they, this is another reason why I didn't like boot camp. They said, you are a naval officer and leader first, and you're a nurse second. Hmm. And I was passionate about nursing. I had just graduated from my program and I did not like being told that I was a nurse second. So in my head, I said, I 
am not a nurse second. I'm a nurse first. I'll always be a nurse first forever. And one day I went to my company officer and um, I told him I was not happy. And he said, oh, I know that. And I said, you know, you keep telling me that I'm a a naval officer and a leader first and a nurse second. I said, I'm not going to go into leadership. I'm going to be a really good nurse, but I'm not going to go into leadership. I mean, this is I was 21 now. And he said he was so wise. I'll I'll always remember this conversation. He said, oh, okay. All right. So let me understand this. Then I knew I was in trouble. He said, so you are going to go and be a nurse. He said, you're going to New London, right? I said, right. He said, and you're going to be um, supervising and working with a bunch of corpsmen. Corpsmen is our equivalent of the nursing assistant or the patient care technician. And he said, and you're going to be the, you know, you're going to be teaching them and helping them and instructing them. He said, you're going to be responsible for the care of a lot of, you know, ill people that are going to be relying on you to make wise decisions and to practice critical thinking. And you're going to be working with, you know, families of sick people. And pretty soon you'll be on nights. He said, you'll be the only person on nights. So you'll be in charge of everything. And everyone will be coming to you for, you know, answers, solutions. And and he said, and you'll be promoted. I imagine if you do a good job and you'll get more and more responsibility that's going to require all kinds of critical <laughs> thinking. He said, you don't think of that as a, as a leadership job. And of course, then I'm thinking like, okay, okay. I get it. But right, they right. know that into your head that you're an officer and leader first and you're a nurse second. And at about 10 years later, when I ran into one of my colleagues that I was in boot camp with me, she said, Ginny, remember how much trouble you were having at boot camp about, you know, being an officer in the, at first and uh, a nurse second? She said, how do you feel that about that now? He, she said, if you were asked today, are you a naval officer first or are you a nurse first how would you answer that and i said i would answer that by saying yes because i couldn't i couldn't separate them anymore nursing is a leadership job and i don't think we enforce that enough at the get-go i mean the decisions that you're making as a nurse from the very beginning are leadership decisions well did you did you learn that at, at university of vermont like what was the curriculum like because I didn't telling- learn that. I did not learn that. I mean, our, no. our focus was clinical and we had, you know, clinical rotations and all different specialties and, and, and UVM prepared me really, really well, but we didn't get taught in the, you know, from 69 to 73 when I was in college, we did not get taught that nursing is a leadership job. And I right. believe that so strongly. And the other thing I believe, and we've talked about this too, it is a team sport. Right. It's right. nursing is a team sport. If you don't get that, then you're not in the right profession. Right. So um, I, I, you know, in my teaching and consulting now, I am drilling home that nursing is a leadership job. It's a leadership job. It's a leadership job. Right. I, I uh, particularly now because, and a team sport too, because, you know, the hospital experience is much different than it was when you were a staff nurse, regardless of whether you were in the Navy or in a, you know, a, a civilian hospital. It's, you know, it's a, it's a tough job just as it was back then. And the level of knowledge that the nurses need to have now, right. They have to rely on, on the, on the resident, the pharmacist, you know, the physical therapist, the a, whatever, um, I, right. I would agree. So you, so you left uh, the Navy in two thousand three. 
I did right? in the okay. in the Navy. You don't if you don't make admiral in thirty years, you, then you have to get out. And um, so I, <laughs> I, I. They do. They finally kick you out after all those times yeah. of trying to keep you. Okay. They do at thirty. You're finished. And so um, I retired, <laughs> and uh, as the chief nurse, I was the chief nurse at Bethesda Navy. Now is Walter Reed. It was Navy Hospital Bethesda at the time, okay. uh, which was our flagship. Which was it was a great place to retire from. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I was uh, I was only fifty when I retired, so wow. I. Um, I had a lot more yeah. in me. Right. <laughs> so you, you connected with the advisory board. And I did. what was what was your role uh, with them? I was, uh, the, the advisory board at the time had leadership academies. They had a physician leadership academy, a nursing leadership academy, and a healthcare leadership academy. And I, I was an instructor in the nursing leadership academy, which I really, really enjoyed. Yeah, because just based on your career and, and the passion that you bring to the to the topic of leadership, I think you probably were very, uh, you found your spot. Yeah, it was great. I worked there for eight years. Eight years. Did you travel much when you were at the advisory yes. board? Yes, it was a traveling job. You traveled oh. and, you know, to wherever the... Um, wherever the need was and you taught a, their classes were four hours and you taught for four hours and then you flew to the next city. Oh, it was, okay. There was, was a lot of travel. That's one of the reasons that I decided to um, leave the uh, advisory board and go on my own was the travel was, um, it was a lot of travel and it was sometimes right. it was, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So you were, it was stressful travel, you know, finish yeah. the day, get to the airport, you know, get to sometimes your hotel room at midnight, teach the next day. Right. Um, I love the job, but it was, you know, it was, it was a lot of travel. Right. So, so let me, a couple more questions. I, I want to talk about your career. When you look back on it, you've mentioned a couple of folks that have impacted your career, but is there anybody that stands out really as your mentor? Not in the Navy, and I had a lot of mentors in the Navy. Um, right. The other good thing about the military is that when you do, because moving is stressful and you go from duty station to duty station, when you got to a new place, they you assigned like a buddy, like a big okay. sister, big brother okay. um, that helped you get to know the hospital and where things were and how to navigate things. Um, those people, interestingly, although they were wonderful, didn't become my mentors, but people throughout the Navy who had, I admired, okay. um, Admiral Dirk was the first, um, nurse corps admiral that, uh, in the Navy, she came and she was made an admiral in 1973. And I heard her talk, um, oh. about nursing and, um, the role of of nurse leaders in, in uh, the military healthcare system. So she was somebody that I, you know, I really looked up to. But I, I had met different mentors in every in every stage of my career um, that were wonderful, wonderful people. I did have a strong mentor when I left the advisory board and started my own business doing. Um, teaching and consulting. I had a great mentor, Sharon Cox, who is was on the speaking, so she's still on the speaking circuit, has been for a long time. Okay. She became my mentor as I started my own business um, okay. and has, you know, is still today one of my very best friends and mentors. But in the military, I had many, many mentors. 
Okay. All right. Great. And does Sharon know that she's had that impact on you? Have you had a chance oh, to tell her? I tell her all the time. I tell her all the time. <laughs> we, we, you know, even today we zoom once a month and talk about nursing issues and challenges. She helped me so much. And one of the things that I most amazed at her is one of the things I think we don't do well in nursing is share share stuff. I mean, when I first started, she sent me her PowerPoints. She sent me her nursing. Um, she did a, she had a uh, kind of a boot camp type course for nursing. She sent me the whole curriculum. Wow. You know, not for me to, to, you know, to take it, although she didn't say don't to take it. She, you know, she said, you know, here's what I do, you know, take okay. this and, you know, make it your own. She, she shared everything. That's great. It That's was great. Wonderful. Oh, that's great. So, all right. So um, if you, here's, here's a fun question, hopefully. Um, if you could speak, you, you were the graduating speaker, I'm sorry, you're the commencement speaker for all the graduating BSNs in the country this May. What would you say? I believe that nursing in the next several years is going to be very, very challenging because the pandemic has had a devastating effect on nursing. Um, so I think that the nursing shortage that, you know, as you know, Betty, we've talked about this too in our in our careers in nursing, the shortage has, you know, has been a constant challenge for us. Uh, and the pandemic has certainly dealt a severe blow. So it's going to be a very, very, very challenging time. But with that challenging time comes tremendous opportunity. And so I would say to new nurses, I would say, here's what I want you to remember. Number one is this. It's always and only about the patient. It, it has to be always and only about patient care, patient care, patient care. I think that also we over the years, we've, it sounds, it sounds weird to say this, but I think we've moved the patient out of the center. Mm -hmm. And as healthcare has become more of a business, the patient always has to be number one. And that needs to be topmost in everybody's mind. But I would say secondarily, um, uh, this I would say nursing is a leadership job and a team sport. Yeah. And you need right. to clearly understand that most, especially as a young nurse, I want you to know that nursing is a team sport. We need to take care of each other, support each other, right. be kind to each other, because also right now um, there before the pandemic, there was a horrible pro problem with bullying and nursing. Right. With all disasters, um, I believe that nurses come together and I do believe that the pandemic has helped to decrease some of that bullying because nurses have had to come together and support each other. So I would say number two, it's a team sport. Um, take care of each other. Um, take care of your patients most importantly and take care of each other secondarily an importance to me. And then I, I wanna say be bold and courageous because now is the time in nursing for us to really clearly say what nurses need to do and what nurses don't need to do. I think we, we're doing a lot of things in nursing now that we've done because we've always done them. I believe that there's so many things that can be changed in nursing. Um, I, you know, having come from the military world, corpsmen who are our patient care technician equivalents, mm -hmm. they do so many things. Right. That in the civilian world, nurses must do like they start IVs, they pass NGs, they put Foley's in, 
Mm-hmm. And people would you know, say, you can't have a nurse's aide do that. But all of those things, if you think about them, Betty, those uh, are technical skills. Right, right, right. Putting right. in a Foley is a technical skill, as is right. starting an IV. Right. It doesn't require any leadership or critical thinking. You have to learn to task. But I want us, I want nurses to do the things that nurses need to do, like figuring out, you know, triaging, who gets seen first, what is a yeah. you know a complicated patient picture, what is that telling us? What do we need to do? What do we need to watch for? Um I I want us to do what nurses only can do and work with other team members that are every bit as important, the nurses' aides, the patient care technicians, the physicians, the residents, to to really provide outstanding care. And that's another great thing about the military. In the military, it is a team. The doctors are on the team. In many cases, the nurses outrank the doctor. And there's there's not the nurse-doctor hierarchy that there is in the civilian world. Doctors are very much on the team. As are the corpsmen. You know, they okay. we say the best thing about Navy nursing is Navy corpsmen. I mean, they're such great assets to the team, and they do phenomenal things. So I would I would like us to be bold and courageous and take a stand on things that are important. And what does what do what does nursing need to do? The other thing I think is that we've gotten into nursing computers and. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're doing a lot of um, meeting yeah. rules and regulations that don't have anything to do with patient care and have everything to do with meeting requirements on a check sheet. And the interesting thing about the pandemic is that because nurses have been so short-staffed without enough time, a lot of those things that they have deemed as not important, they haven't done. Right. And... Things and nothing have, has happened, right? The world has collapsed. Happened. The world has gone on. And so I think that what we need to do is say in the past two years, we did not do this particular thing on the check sheet and nothing happened bad. You, and right. so I, I think that now is our time to really do some. And this is what nurses can do that that the care technicians can't do. What are those critical nurse functions that have right. gone by the wayside in pandemic that can continue to go by the wayside? And how do we professionally and respectfully present our case to the leadership in in the hospitals and say, we need to change how we're doing business. We must change how we're doing business. Jenny, you still got it. (laughs) I don't know. I got it. I just, I feel like now is our time. Now is our time. But we can't, and here's the other thing I believe, we can't do it angrily, we can't be mad, and we can't be upset. I mean, I know it's hard to keep the emotion out, but um, I I want us to respectfully and professionally present our case calmly and intelligently, because when we get all exercise, you know, in Crucial Conversations and Crucial Confrontations are two of my favorite books. And Crucial Confrontations is a book that says again and again, keep the emotion out, keep the emotion out, keep the emotion out, and calmly present your case. So those would be my words of wisdom to new grads. Well, they would all be lucky to hear from you. Trust me. (laughs) She's still... Really, I mean, seriously, the passion that you have for nursing is just wonderful, right? And and <laughs> I I am glad that your career path uh, took the the turn it did, and I'm certainly glad that you and I met uh, because I, I, I am too. yeah I I echo much of of your 
of your co- uh, comments. All right. So this is a fun question. I don't even know if we've ever, I've ever asked you this. Have you ever attended in person the Army Navy game? You know, I have not. That's one of my that's on my bucket list. It's funny you should say that. Ah. I have never gone to an Army Navy game, but uh, (laughs) my friends who have gone uh, have had such a good time. I have been to several games at the Academy and it is there. You know, they march on, you know, whenever there's a touchdown, they go down to the, you know, to the goal line and they do that little like, you know, get down on their their knees and like raise their hands up and down. It's very, there's a lot of pomp and circumstance. Uh, you don't get, you know, at the end of the Army-Navy game is when the the, um, the midshipmen and the um, cadets, they sing to each other, um, oh. their alma mater. Um, it's so, it's just, it's very, very moving. And, you know, that's just another thing I just want to say about the military, the camaraderie. Um, in the military is amazing. And there's a lot of inter-service rivalry, Army versus Navy in particular. But but the bottom line is we all know that we're doing the same thing, which is taking care of men and women that put their lives mm-hmm. on the line for our country every single day. And that unifying purpose is another thing that I think is a huge strength in the military. You know, when you ask a military nurse, what is the purpose of your job? It is to take care of these men and women that put their lives on the line every day. Right. And, um, it's a pretty powerful mission. It is. It really, and when you see them and take care of them, it's just, I mean, it just renews your whole dedication to uh, to the profession of military nursing. All right. Yeah. I, I, I just wondered if it was just as much fun as it, as it looks on the TV when they're, uh, I think it's pretty cool. And certainly, I mean, it's been in Philadelphia for such a long time. Um, so hopefully you'll get to go. I, you can't okay, score so Betty, a ticket we'll somewhere. Together. You come can come on. with me. Okay. All right. I'm in. I'm in. It's usually <laughs> in December, right? It's like the first weekend in December. Yes. Yes. I think. Yeah. The, so, one of the coldest days. Usually one of the coldest days cold. of the year. Right. Right. Yeah. But, um, we'll take a little flask. <laughs> okay. All right. Great. Good idea. I would love that. That would be really fun. I, I, that's great that it's on your bucket list. I hope that uh, we can is, score. I've never done it. My friends who have done it have said it's just so much fun. Well, it looks like a lot of fun. So uh, right. that would be good. I'd be happy to do that with you. Um, Ginny, thank you for, for taking the time. I love our conversations and this was no different. So thank yeah. you. Appreciate all that you've done and thank you for your career. Well, thank you too, Betty. As you know, we're members of the Mutual Admiration Society. You've done so much for nursing as well, and it's always a delight to spend time with you. Well, thank you. All right. Take care. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation, and we'll tune in next week when we continue our Legends of Nursing series. As it is the month of May, I would like to wish all of my nursing colleagues and friends a very happy Nurses Month. May you be acknowledged and appreciated for who you are and what you do. Thank you for joining us this week. You can find the Lighting Your Way podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google, YouTube, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you liked what you heard, tell a friend and leave us a review. You can learn all about Guardian Nurses Healthcare Advocates on our website, guardiannurses.com. So until next time, Find some joy in your life, pet all the good doggies and kitties, and remember to tell your people that you love them. Take care.